everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alias Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today, I am joined with Todd Wadel, technical writer here at Alias InfoSec. Um, and we are going to talk about phishing, specifically how you can fish better as a red team member. So if you wouldn't mind, just kick it off. Give us just a real quick high level. What is phishing? Sure. Phishing is basically anytime you receive uh, what you might think is a spam email. So it's an email sent by a malicious actor who's trying to trick you into doing something. That can be anything from just opening the email because that can download malicious files, clicking a link, or um, the real win is if they can get you to enter credentials. So they'll take you to a fake website, maybe that looks like LinkedIn or something you recognize. You enter your credentials there, and then they have those credentials to use to leverage an exploit on your network. Awesome. Um, and then tell me how, go ahead and get started and tell me a little bit about how you use phishing and how you've been able to steal credentials, I guess, for pen tests and red team engagements. So companies will hire Alias to do um, as a part of the pen test for us to conduct a phishing engagement against their company. So they give us a list of employee email addresses. Uh, we work with them to design Allure. Um, what specifically is going to target that company. So we're trying to do something working with them that they know their employees will be tempted to click on. And um, sometimes that doesn't include credential capture, but a lot of the time that's what we're going for. So we'll have them, uh, something that will direct them to um, maybe even even an Office uh, O365 platform so that they'll actually enter their real credentials. And then we get those and we can then provide those back to the customer and say, not only did your employees interact with the email, but they gave us credentials. And um, in a full red team engagement, those could be things that would be used. Or mm -hmm. we can say, if an attacker were to get a hold of these, this is a sort of exploit that they could leverage against your company. And I imagine it's, you know, of course, everybody's credentials are important because they all have specific access to the business. But certain people's credentials have, I guess, more weight than, you know, other people's credentials. Like if you manage to get it of like an IT director or something like that. Yeah, that's the real win is if we can get somebody in management. So one of the important things is it's not actually how many credentials you get, because really one set is enough for a good red team member to use that to then elevate the permissions. Um, but if you can start out with a manager's credentials or, like you said, an IT director, they automatically have higher levels of access. And so you're starting out with a higher level of access when you begin the engagement. Gotcha. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about some of the ways that you've been able to elevate your phishing attempts to better get those credentials you want. As I've done it the past few months, um, really there are sort of four qualities that I'm thinking about when, we, when we're designing Lure. So one is context. Um, is this an email that just seems to come out of nowhere or is this an email that's tied to something maybe involving the company or involving the individual? Is it something that they're going to look at and say, I've, I have some understanding of where this comes from? Uh, familiarity, is it something that they've seen before? So is it a type of email they've gotten before or is it something where there's content that they know about and they say, okay, that, that seems like something I'm familiar with. I'm probably more likely to interact with it. Um, timeliness, so what is it that makes me want to interact with this or feel like I have to interact with this quickly? Um, because if they have time to think about it, they're probably not going to interact with it. And then impact, what's the cost if I don't? So if it's a, a lure where, okay, if I don't click on this, who cares? Um, it, they may not interact with it. On the other hand, sometimes you actually want an email that doesn't have a big impact because it sort of slips past their defenses. They think, 
oh, well, if I click on, click on this, who cares? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, if they're thinking that, that actually makes it more likely they're going to interact, interact with it and maybe even under their credentials. Yeah, I feel like there are some phishing attempts where it's almost too obvious that it's not real, right? If right. I get an email from the CEO of my business that says they're on vacation and they need me to wire transfer them money by the end of the day, that's a pretty big ask, right? That in right. and of itself makes it a giant red flag. Regardless of what my normal daily activities are, I'm sure even then you'd want to double check. Right. Um, but yeah, I like that you pointed out that some of the more simple things tend to slip through. Um, so what are some examples that you've been able to do and successfully get some credentials for using the familiarity, the context, the timeliness, all that you just talked about? Yeah, so one of the one of the interesting ones is one that you would think wouldn't work, which is just a, a basic um, your LinkedIn profile has had an unauthorized login. So we, if you think about it, the the context isn't there. There's no there's nothing contextual that says this probably happened, mm-hmm. but um, it's familiar. People know that places like LinkedIn get hacked or that their credentials get hacked. So it's actually high familiarity. They're familiar with uh, both the concept and the content. Um, the timeliness is important because obviously if you've had a social media platform hacked, if you don't address that pretty quickly, they can get access to all sorts of other personal information. And then obviously the impact is high. If you don't deal with this, this is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that we can do is we can actually clone a logged in, le- a logged in website so that when they go to our landing page, it doesn't look anything different than a LinkedIn website. The only difference would be if they they look carefully at the URL, they'd say that doesn't that doesn't look legitimate. Um, but it's really common for people because they sort of get caught in the moment and they think um, this is easy to take care of. I can go log in, I'll I'll shut it down. That's easy. So they don't take the time to think and say, well, wait, would I get an email like that? Does it look legitimate? If I follow the link, does that look like a legitimate legitimate link? They just sort of in the moment in panic mode mm-hmm. do that. So that's a good example of a, just a generic one that that doesn't take much for us to design, but that works really well. So real quick with that. So you send the email out, you say your LinkedIn has, you've just had an unauthorized login, click here, log in to reset your password. Right. And then people attempt to log in, you get the credentials. Do you yes. tend to redirect them directly to LinkedIn to make it feel more official or do you just leave it at that? Um, several things can happen. And really at that point, I don't care what happens because they've already given me their credentials. You've got their username and password. (laughs) Yeah. A a lot of the time what happens is it may just take them, it may just cycle through and take them back to the login page. Or sometimes if we're after their um, office credentials, it will take them from the login page just to the generic office website, which should be a warning sign. You shouldn't go from your login page to just the generic website. Um, but if it's something that they think is high impact, they're still going to enter the credentials and maybe do it multiple times. So we, one of the things we've noticed is um, if it's something people really think is important, they won't just give us their credentials. They'll do it a lot. So hold on with that. Right. So if you think they're trying to log in, first password doesn't work. Maybe I don't remember the password. Right. They try another one of their genuine passwords. Right. And if that doesn't work, they just keep going with various other password that they typically use. So you could theoretically get maybe not the correct username and password combination, but you could get their passwords that you can then try on other sites, right? 
Right. And that, that's a part of what's important is even if we can't get their company password, people reuse passwords all the time or use passwords that are very, very close. So if we can say, okay, we, they didn't give us their company password. They did give us their LinkedIn password. For most people, their company password is going to be something that is close. If not the same thing, probably something that's very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, they may enter several or at the at the opposite end, if I see somebody enter the same password six times, I know that's their password because they kept trying it and they were so certain that they kept trying it. And so that's a really good indication that that's definitively their password for that site. Very cool. Um, another one would be this. This one actually was pretty high context. We had a company um, in Tulsa and they had helped with the PGA tour. And so the lure happened right after the championship. So it had a high degree of context. Everybody in the company knew they'd been involved with that organization, that event. And so the lure was basically um, the PGA is offering you free merchandise to celebrate this partnership and celebrate the event. If you click on the link and in your credentials, not only could you get that, but hey, you'll enter a chance to win um, a round of golf at Southern Hills Golf Club and a signed autograph poster from the winner. Wow. So it's a high degree of context. This is something they know. Um, familiarity, again, the, the immediacy of that. It's not a familiar email in the sense that they've seen this one before, but they've seen these sorts of things before. Um, it's not hard to pretend to be someone else. The PGA logo is out there in public. Mm-hmm. So I would just went and grabbed a PGA logo. That's simple. Grabbed a picture of the winner. That's simple as well. You would think that the timeliness impact aren't high, but people seem to think that it was. Um, you know, I mean, winning winning some additional swag, who cares? Winning a round of golf, that's kind of cool. We didn't have – this company actually had very – good employees in the sense of their awareness. Not many people interacted, but the four people who did were all managers. And so that meant that if we were attackers, we just got four administrative sets of credentials. Um, A couple of those people were the type who tried it multiple times, like Mm -hmm. four times, here's my password. Okay, well, then I'm pretty definite I have your credentials. Yeah. And so if this was a full red team engagement, you would have four manager credentials that you could then use to further exploit their systems yes ouch (laughs) yes that is that is not what you want not exactly no (laughs) and that's that's such an unsuspecting phishing attempt like the context around that is phenomenal right like they clearly engaged with the pga it makes sense that they would get a pga themed email right but it's not something that i would necessarily think of every day like oh yeah i'm gonna fish them with a PGA email. Right. But it made sense because that's something that had been going on timeliness wise. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that's a part of what I'm always looking for. And and we work with the customer, so the customer may want different approaches. But is there something going on that'd be very particular to the company or to the organization or maybe to the city where they're located? So that it's something that that they're not going to think this is spam because it means that somebody has to have particular knowledge about the location or about the company. So that seems to lead to lend legitimacy. But as an attacker, I know that. So I'm going to exploit what appears to be legitimacy with a totally illegitimate attack. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another organization, company that every year had a, a partnership with a local rodeo. Okay, that's a fantastic. And it, and it happened to be right when they were hiring us to do fishing is right when that was happening. Okay, that's an easy win. 
hey, we partner with this rodeo, it's coming up, please click this link to, in this case, uh, register for the event or win some, again, it's free swag. Okay, it seems very, very low impact. Mm-hmm. What, what's the cost? So that actually heightens the, the chance that they're going to respond. If I don't respond, I don't lose anything, but at the same time, if I don't respond, I'm not in danger because who would design this lure? Right. How interesting. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Um, any other examples you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah. So one of the things that we also do is what time of year or time of month is it? Mm-hmm. Um, benefits and payroll. Oh, You want okay. to think about high timeliness and high impact. So um, saying, you know, you're, the, the payroll scale is being changed. Click here to either see that or to confirm it. Okay, that, that seems high impact. But I want to make sure I don't send that at the first of the month because payroll is a long way away. I want mm-hmm. to send that at the end of the month. Oh, my gosh, this is this is crucial. I have to do this. Um, or with benefits waiting until the end of the year because that's when people's benefits change or, you know, benefits, uh, you know, benef- new benefits roll out. So those are really high impact that people are usually really quick to respond to. Um, what it requires and, and really you're sort of getting around the idea that people would take the time to pause for a second on something like that and say something like, is my company really going to notify me about benefits change in an email at the end of the year? Does that seem real? I can walk down the hall and ask our HR person or something like that. But many people don't. It's that sense of immediacy of I've got to do this right now. This is in that sense, it feels dangerous. Yeah. I don't want to have my pay changed. I don't want to lose my benefits. I'm going to do this right now. And so um, that's a great example of when impact matters, but it also matters when that timing comes to make sure you're hitting them when it's going to feel critical. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's, that makes perfect sense. I, it's scary to think about how there's so many good and easy ways that you can use that impact to make just about anybody feel a little bit of sense of urgency in clicking on that email. Right. Uh, HR is definitely one of them. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is you can also do it where they don't, they don't know who they would go to to ask. So actually we got fished um, with an email that said, your memory is almost full. You need to clear that out or you're going to stop receiving emails. Mm-hmm. And whoever this was had gone and found the alias logo. It was in the email, looked very official and the impact is high. Like, as an employee, I want to keep right. receiving emails. That's a bad idea. But it takes that moment of, well, wait. I mean, with us, it's easy. We work in IT. I can yeah. go ask anyone if that's true. But most people would say, oh, no, that, that seems really important. Um, there's a statistic that something like 30% of people think if an email has a, a logo in it that looks real, they automatically trust it. Wow. So you can go find anybody's logo anywhere, fair use, online. You just pull it in, throw an email, suddenly there's additional trust. Well, and I mean, there are so many companies out there who publish their brand kits for media and employee usage. So it's got high-res versions of all of their logos, all of their correct brand colors and everything. So you can really get the correct fonts, color, logo, all of it to make it look completely official. And with LinkedIn, you can go find employee pictures. If the organization had a big party, oh, look, here's, here's a big party. Well, you know, you sort of think, well, who would, who would falsify that? Any, anyone who's trying to fish you is going to go find something. If they're doing it really targeted and well, mm-hmm. they're going to go find anything they can to make it look like it belongs in your inbox. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so 
kind of to summarize, right, you were talking about considering the familiarity of different topics, um, especially with the PGA one. That was a great example. You talked about impact. What's the cost if you don't respond to the email? Um, And then you also talked a little bit about timeline and context clues. So those four things are kind of the four keys to really upping your fishing game. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, I think it's it's just important to remember that um, all it takes is one. So designing the campaign, knowing that even if you have a company that has done a lot of work to make sure their employees are aware, uh, the statistics is that even with training, about 30% of employees will fail, will fall prey to phishing. So designing it really well so that it'll get past people's defenses, but also not thinking is everybody going to recognize this. All it takes is one person failing. Mm -hmm. And so if you take your time and you design it well, you might get that one person or with the PGA tour, we got four people and they were all managers Four managers. So it doesn't matter that there were literally, you know, tens and hundreds of people who didn't respond. We got the four that we needed. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I appreciate it. Thank you.